Hello and welcome to Coffee and Wrestling, a wrestling podcast. I am your host, Mark. Uh, my counterpart and co-host and wife, Jamie, is not going to be here for this episode. Unfortunately, she had to do something for work this weekend, which takes her away from the capability of recording. Uh, so it's all on me. It's going to be my issue this week, and you're going to be having to deal with my beautiful voice for the next who knows how long. Let's jump right into it with AEW Rampage as we start off the night with FTR taking on top flight for the ROH Tag Team Championships. Now, FTR has obviously been one of the biggest tag teams in professional wrestling this year. They've had an absolutely amazing year with matches with the Briscoes, with matches with uh, Death Triangle, or uh, just you name it, and they've they've done it. They've gone different promotions between AAA and NJPW, ROH, AEW. They have had a tag team championship run that is possibly second to none in current wrestling. They've just been amazing. And they went up against Top Flight, a returning tag team that, honest to God, is going to be one of the most prominent tag teams in wrestling as long as they continue on with how well they're doing right now, as long as Darius can stay out of being injured because the majority of his AEW career, he's been injured and laid up. He returned this week and well, last week in a trios tag match, but this will be the today tonight marks the first tag team two on two match that Darius has been in since April of this year, previously, right before he got into a terrible car accident, putting him out of in ring work for, a good couple of months. Really good to see these guys back in in it. And honest to God, this match, FTR didn't really do a lot in this match. And I think it was the the entire match was just to showcase how good Top Flight is and how well they function as a tag team. They went toe for toe with FTR, and it was honestly an 80-20 split between who had the offensive. Uh FTR ended up getting the win. In the end, they were able to get a big rig on uh, Top Flight and pin him for one, two, three. Really good match, though. Like, like I said, it was really just a match to push forward and to reintroduce uh, Top Flight to the AEW audience because a lot of people, especially fans that have gotten on the train the past however many months since Darius has been out, they don't really have an idea or a concept of how good Top Flight is as a tag team. So again, really solid match between the two teams. FTR ended up getting the win, retaining their titles, which obviously I think everybody saw. But again, it was just a match to showcase how good of a tag team Top Flight is going to be from here on out. However, FTR celebration was short-lived as it was interrupted by the guns, Austin and Colton, uh, the ass boys, if you will. Uh, definitely setting up some type of storyline. They've been poking a lot of fun at FTR, dressing up as them, uh, I think. One of Austin has changed his Twitter handle to Grumpy Dax, and he's got a bald cap and a mustache on. Great to see that. Kind of budding, and good to see the ass boys back on TV. Uh, we also had another backstage promo with FTR later in the evening, and Dax Harwood basically said he's had a wonderful you know, year. It's It's been great as a tag team uh, champion, but before the year is over, he wants to go ahead and you know solidify himself in singles competition and wants to wrestle the greatest wrestler in the world, Brian Danielson, next week on Dynamite. And we have that scheduled for next week. It will be Brian Danielson taking on Dax Harwood in one-on-one competition. And I I can't see how you're going to go wrong with this match. This is going to be an amazing back and forth between two individuals that really, really involve and love the sport of wrestling. So great pair up between those two. Can't wait to see that match. Next up, we heard from Chris Jericho 
he came out and just, I mean, did his Chris Jericho thing. Said, nobody's going to be able to take this title from me. I am the R- the best ROH world champion that there ever will be. Uh, he said, I don't think there's anybody here, anywhere, or that's alive that could ever take that title from him. When Cesaro's music started playing, and he walked out. Now, Cesaro is the one that Chris Jericho got that ROH title from, and he made it very clear that he's got his eyes set on getting that title back, and he has now challenged Chris Jericho to the ROH World Championship at Final Battle. So another ROH really starting to get a little bit more momentum. Hopefully we're going to start hearing more about this weekly program that Tony Khan has talked about, but ROH World Heavyweight Championship, Cesaro taking on Chris Jericho at Final Battle. Cannot wait for that. Super excited to hear about it. We also had a backstage promo from Tony Storm and Renee Paquette. Tony Storm looking very dismayed, very disheveled. She had no makeup on and both eyes were blackened. Um, and Renee Paquette just fielded the question, you know, what's, what's you know, we, we, we've heard that you're now going to be considered the AEW Women's Champion. There's no going to be, a, no longer be an interim. You know, how do you feel? Where do you go from here after losing your belt? And she basically said, I'm coming for that belt. I want, it's not good enough for me to have the interim dropped off the name. I want the AEW Women's Championship while it's the AEW's Women's Championship. So it doesn't look like Jamie, or I'm sorry, Jamie Hayter. Tony Storm is out of the fight for the Women's Championship match. I'd love to see a rematch between her and Jamie Hayter. That match at, at Full Gear was great. I loved it. I, I would definitely see it. You watch another match between those two. After a return from the commercial break, we had Darby Allen taking on Anthony Henry, uh, staying obviously with Darby Allen and J.D. Drake coming out with Anthony Henry. Uh, again, a really good match between two really good individuals. I know they have a, uh, a long history between the two of them over the independent circuit. Uh, obviously, Henry is part of the workhorses with J.D. Drake. Sting has obviously been with Darby Allen for quite some time now. Uh, could definitely see this turning into a tag team. Uh, but it was just really, it was a good back and forth between two really good wrestlers. I really like Joe Henry's style. I like his look. He's kind of changed it up a little bit, a little bit darker, maybe more heel aesthetic. I really enjoy it. Uh, this obviously puts over Darby Allen a little bit more on the face side, and I think they're trying to uh, bring up some more momentum with Darby and and maybe even Joe Henry. Like, maybe we're going to see some some things between the workhorsemen and, I don't know what we're calling Sting and Darby, uh, the emo club i don't know but either way uh really good match really good back and forth there was no bs uh there was no interference there was no distractions no things happening in the back just a really good match between two really good performers darby allen actually took quite a bit of abuse but was able to hit the scorpion death drop which was a sting favorite uh, and then ended up pinning him after a coffin drop again just a really good match nothing nothing super it definitely isn't a five-star match, but it definitely is a good representation of the talent that AEW has in the locker room that isn't former WWE talent. Following that, we had Hikaru Shida making her return to AEW against Queen Aminata. Uh, I did find something about Queen Aminata is she actually, much like Bianca Belair, makes her own outfits for wrestling. Uh, she said that she had just finished up the one that she was wearing tonight yesterday and that she was up until almost 4 a.m. I guess that morning working on another one so props to you her for for making it you know DIY I'm an old punk rock kid so I'm all about that DIY life so awesome news to hear somebody doing you know taking their talents and applying it to their profession and making them just stand out a little bit more 
We did see uh, Sheeta end up taking up the win for this one. Uh, it was per- fairly quick, but I think it was mostly to reintroduce the 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 team of Bunny and Penelope Ford about halfway through the match. Actually, right at the beginning of the match, excuse me, uh, she, they came out and distracted Sheeta, which allowed Queen to roll over and get a couple of good shots in, get some good offense, showcase what she can do. But ultimately, Sheeta was able to get the upper hand and was able to get the pin. I don't know what this means for. Uh, the Bunny and Penelope Ford, if they're looking to disrupt Hikaru Shida's return to AEW or what their plans are, but really good to see them back as a tag team, I guess. I, don't, they, I know they've tagged them before. They're kind of like a faction without a name. I'd love to see Butcher and Blade and Kip Sabian be a trios t- team that, honestly, all five of them would be a great group of individuals together. Pit them up against, you know, Miro and... A couple other big guys with a couple other high flyers. And I'll tell you what, you could have a good couple of weeks of really, really good back and forth wrestling. And finally, we had trios tag team action between Roosh, the Butcher, and the Blade, and John Silver, Alex Reynolds, and what was supposed to be Preston 10 Vance. 10 never showed up. They started the match, and it was a three-on-two situation. And Dark Order got their ass handed to them for a good long little bit. Uh, the reports were they couldn't find 10. Evil Uno was in the back trying to look for him with negative one, and the match went on, and we were getting towards the end of the show, and finally, uh, 10's music starts playing, and Evil Uno rushes out and is pushing 10 to go out there. 10 runs out there at a full sprint and full gear, dives into the ring, and, I mean, Dark Order, they were in, they were just not doing good. They never really got any offense in. If they did, it was only for a brief moment before they got taken advantage by the Butcher and the Blade. Uh, They took you know, Johnny Silver size for advantage, Alex Reynolds, kind of, they took him out real early. So Dark Order was really looking bad, and Ten was supposed to be, you know, the savior, the guy that comes in. He runs out, negative one's behind him, Evil Uno's behind him. He dives in the ring, and he comes face-to-face with Roosh. Now, of course, we've had some issues between Roosh and Ten in the past couple of weeks. Uh, Roosh trying to recruit him to come over to his team, and it seems like it might have worked because he turns around, and he ends up hitting Johnny Hungy with a lariat and drops him. And I can't see how anybody didn't see this coming. But it was, honest to God, it was great. I loved the heel turn of 10. Uh, he ended up taking out Alex Reynolds. And Roosh ended up getting the pin. And they won. And it was great. I loved it. Uh, 10 came out and just started beating ass on Dark Order. Evil Uno ran down. They ended up trying to tear. They ended up tearing the mask of Uno, Evil Uno off of his face. Uh, and then as Ten walked up the ramp, he walked directly to Negative One, took off the mask that Brody Lee, Negative One's father, gave him, and threw it down at his feet, and just scoffed at him and turned around and celebrated right behind. And the shot of Negative One just sobbing, holding his 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 former best friend's mask in his hands as they celebrate behind the double cross. It was great. It was honestly great. Like, I love Preston. I love that he was in the Dark Order. Um, obviously, he has ties to the Dark Order because of Brody Lee and what he did for 10 and what he, like, showed him. So to have this, to turn this into a storyline, you now take emotion and, all, and everything else and you just ball it up and you turn it into something that will really resonate with people because Brody Lee is... One of those, one of those individuals in wrestling and AEW, especially that he meant so much to so many people. So to have Ten, and I, I follow Ten on Twitter. He tweeted out, and he's like, "I didn't sell my soul. I'm, you know, finally looking out for myself and finally trying to own up to the potential that Brody 
once saw in me. So I'm super excited to see this. You now are going to breathe life into the Dark Order. You're now going to breathe life into Rusha's faction. And I apologize. I am terrible with names. I can't remember. I know it's Los. I, I lose something in valuables or I I'm terrible with names and everybody's going to yell at me for it. And that's okay. Uh, but really, really happy to see this storyline develop. And I'm really excited to see what's going to happen from here on out with the dark order and with 10. All right. Unfortunately that will do it for this evening's episode. Uh, due to some unforeseen consequences, we won't be able to cover WWE, including survivor series war games. But that should be out probably tomorrow, the day after, or a little bit later this week. I do want to apologize. Uh, again, Jamie wasn't here for this one. I wasn't able to finish up with WWE due to a power outage. And we really hope what you did, well, you enjoyed. And we'll see you in the next episode. If you like what you hear, find us on Twitter at CAWWrestlingPod. And that's for every social media at CAWWrestlingPod. My name is Mark, and thank you for listening.